just keep building. Every time I've just kept them, things have had a tendency to work better. Write that next thing. Do that next interview. Ask that question you aren't sure whether you should ask. Just keep building. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Inspired, the podcast where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs and innovators who are changing the game in their respective industries. Before we dive into it, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you haven't already, and follow us on Spotify so you can stay up to date with all the latest episodes and content coming your way. Feeling very fortunate today, I have the opportunity to welcome a leading human in the space of personal development specifically for middle-aged men. While I don't fall into this category as of yet, this individual is someone who has established himself as a presence in the form of a speaker, an author, an athlete, an investor, a consultant, a performance coach, and a podcast host. Here with us today, please welcome Mr. Greg Scheinman. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. You know, I appreciate the introduction. I hope I, you know, I hope I can kind of measure measure up those things. Wait, you didn't say I didn't have to do any of those things super well, right? So so like, and I've done and I, or I'm doing. So appreciate it. Of course. Well, listen, it's, you've had the audacity to go and achieve these things. You've earned those titles. You created opportunity for yourself. That's a big theme on Inside the Inspired, creating opportunity. So it really is a pleasure to have you. And I want to start by asking you, what got you into the content creation space in the first place? Yeah. It's a great question. I mean, I think audacity is kind of the word he uses, one of the things. Um, I think it's just my insatiable curiosity. Um, at 50, I think I'm a slow, I know I'm a slow learner and, and a late bloomer. And to be completely honest, I didn't set out to create content. I, I set out to learn. You know, I set up to try to make fewer mistakes or, or even learn and experience how to maybe correct mistakes and missteps and, and ways that I was living and doing things that quite frankly weren't working. You know, take all of that stuff um, and stop trying to do it alone and maybe ask some smarter people some, some good questions and hopefully get some good answers and apply it. Um, what ended up happening is that things got a lot better for me. Things really started changing for me personally and professionally in all these areas of life and in midlife in particular. And it got a little bigger than me, man. Like it really did. And it became this opportunity to not just share these things with my wife and with my kids and with people in my circle or expanding circle or changing circle, which is really what it was. But, you know, can we put this out there to help other men and help other guys? Um, and pay it forward. And that's, that's really what happened. So I really, you know, I try not to even describe myself as either a content creator, or certainly even not an influencer, but rather, you know, just a guy who tries to be authentically influential, you know, if you will, but at the crux of it, you know, then just stay relatable, credible, you know, authentic, and hopefully slightly aspirational. Okay? Maybe guys will get something out of that. Well, it definitely shows in everything that you do from the family time that you shared to the workouts that are on another level. And, you know, obviously we're going to touch on that. But 
what I'm interested in is what came first? Was it the podcast, the newsletter? How did you go about your strategy for coming on the scene? Yeah. Actually, what came first was you know, about 30 years worth of entrepreneurship in business. Um, what came first was, you know, 20 something years of, of marriage and, you know, now and 23 married, 25 together, two kids, 120 today, two boys, another one who's 16. Um, and then a lot of shit, quite frankly, <laughs> you know, conformity, complacency, redundancy, um, businesses going under new businesses going well, uh, things that were going well professionally that didn't feel great personally, you know, all of those things and the complexities of, of life as overhead increases and private school tuitions aren't going away and two cars becomes three cars and a more, like all of these things. And you're struggling to try to stay in shape and, and balance it all. Um, and everyone tells you, or so you hear the societal norms of that you're chasing all of the right things with salary and title. And this is the time in your life. You probably should enter a midwife crisis or fall out of shape and all, and all this stuff is in the bucket. So like all that stuff came first. Um, what really launched it, um, in a way was boredom and it was not feeling fulfilled and and that just started me down this path of exploration. It started me writing in the yard in mornings, and I've never been a writer. And even to this day, I don't really consider myself a writer. I just talk and I record a lot of shit. <laughs> and it turns into stuff. And there are great apps to transcribe things now. And then I just throw away the stuff I think is the absolute worst and, and, and agree with myself to put out stuff I think is halfway decent out there. Um, and... So the podcast started really actually first. Um, if we really want to ask, the podcast started first and I did it as a way to scratch kind of creative itches and to have conversations with guys that I thought were interesting. And at the time I was a partner in a large insurance and risk management firm and it was a way to network also. Um, we were doing like really like good size deals, a big size company and and it wasn't traditional advertising that was ever going to move the needle. It was your network and your expertise. And it was this way for me to be creative and expand upon and make great connections. I never thought that it was going to turn into a midlife male movement. Those conversations just started turning deeply personal. And these guys just happened to really fall into that category that I was in. And then that became the writing in the backyard and the newsletter. And both of these things kind of went from being like a tree falling in the woods and uh, to thousands of guys and people listening and women too. Like 40% of the inquiries are women who want their men to be, you know, better, their husbands, their partners, their brothers, their dads, their ex-husbands who they're co-parenting with for the rest of their lives. And those two things became the book. You know, that combination of taking the podcast conversations and the newsletters and blogs that I was writing every week and turning them in to what became the book. And then, so it's been that kind of, you know, out of order order, if that makes sense, um, that, that has led now to the book becoming, you know, a bestseller, which has led to speaking engagements, which has led to guys reaching out to coaching. So they didn't set out to coach either. You know, it was 30 years of different life experience that led other guys to say, can you maybe walk me through this or help, 
me with what's out in front or around the bend or save five years and $500,000 and make fewer, whatever the stuff is. So these things have kind of really happened by, you know, by design, I like to say, but not a specific design where a focus or fixation was on the outcome. It was really more on actions that could take each day. It started adding up. And then these opportunities and other things started really happening and presenting themselves. And that's, that's really where, you know, where we are now. It really is a spectacular journey, especially when you share it in that format, the way that everything kind of opened up a door where you're building credibility in the form of 30 years worth of experience in a completely different industry. And yet you also have these standards that you're recognizing that something else that we talk a lot about here is self-awareness and having that self-awareness to want to seek something more for yourself and provide value to other people in a different kind of way and navigating this particular area of life. Do you consider yourself an expert in this particular space when it comes to either personal development or the, I, I don't really know how to phrase it in a, in a light way, but the midlife male crisis. Yeah. You know, first of all, mid midlife is synonymous with crisis. I mean, you say the word midwife to anybody and you ask them to play that word association game, you really don't hear much good. You know, you don't hear great adjectives. You hear things again, like crisis. You hear things like our best days are behind us. You hear, again, the conformity, complacency, redundancy, you know, all of those things. Aging has traditionally been something to fear. Um, so when you start hearing from a guy, he says, I'm seeing aging as something to fear and start seeing it as something aspirational. That lands differently, you know, for a lot of people, um, you know, but, but the lens that, that I see it through and for all of us, we have our own lenses and that's a lot of what this is also really about. How do we see these things? The lens that I see it through is, you know, at 47, my father's life was over at 47. Mine was just beginning. Like that to me was the tipping point saying, hey, like I made it a day longer than my father who passed away at 47. Like you can do one of two things. You can see your best days as being behind them or you can see them in front of you. I just chose to see them in front of me and say, here's this opportunity to pour rocket fuel on the next 50 years of my life. And how great can we make it? Because up until that point, I wasn't really doing a great job. You know, that was the other thing, John. And from the outside looking in, it looked great. A lot of it did. And there were some public successes and some public failures and all that. And there always are. But from the outside looking in, it looks great, but it didn't feel great. Like there was a lot that was still missing. So taking a look through that lens of, of what does success look like for me? What do I want it to feel like? How do I want to of translate that into my family life now what i've called now called the success family and fitness and finance and food and fashion and fun and these things that are important to me like as what a holistic holistic measure of success looks like how did i want to approach that so this is all really you know transpired from 47 to 50 where i am now now i'll be 51 in in december so there's just a different level of maturity, maybe experience, 
call it a little bit of, you know, optimization, you know, on there, but it's really about developing your personal operating system. And now this incredible blessing that I get and privilege and opportunity to help guys develop their own operating systems and what they want their lives to look like, whether that's 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, or, or beyond. And remember, I'm still doing that with two, with, with a 20 year old and a 16 year old too, because maybe they don't have to be slow learners and late bloomers, you know, like, like that. It's in the first 10 minutes already so value packed, like just to hear the way you think and have thought about things till now, there's a very dense analysis, but at the same time, this tone of kindness in the form of service. For someone like me, after I started college at 20 years old because I served two years in the Israeli military. And so when I came back and I started school, one of my biggest insecurities was that people would think I was like the weird older guy, even though I was like, you know, super chill 20 year old who had just finished two years of service in the military. And so when I got to school, I somehow acquired this nickname of grandpa within the first like two weeks. And it was very disheartening. And over time, I've maintained a certain level of mindfulness where it doesn't matter what other people say. Right. But something in that same tone has allowed me to have foresight. And part of that foresight is what it looks like 10 years from now when I am older. How do I want to train? How do I want to eat? How do I want to be with my family? And looking at guys like you, guys like Mark Megna, to see that it's doable to maintain a high level of fitness, to maintain families a priority. All of those things govern a lot of what I place my values on. So, just wanted to give you a quick shout out right there. I mean, hey, thank you for that. And, and, you know, guys like Mark Magna are an incredible, incredible company to, to be in. And I think, you know, the, the question that you asked was like, do I even see myself as an expert yeah. or anything? Yes. And then I go off on this tangent. <laughs> that's like what I do, because it's really, it's difficult for me to think of myself in that way. Um, you know, these terms, expert, thought leader, coach, you know, all these things are, are, are around. And the real CEO and, and anybody can call themselves anything they want to, you know, at this point. <laughs> People do, you know, like, out there all the, all the time. I, I do think what it gets, what it really comes down to is like, do I like this guy? And do I think I can learn anything from this guy? Is there value that I'm, deriving when I'm either in his presence or listening to what he's saying or reading what he's putting up for all of us, you know, and I think that's really how we, we get this amazing, again, opportunity and this chance to choose like who we surround ourselves with, what we allow in, you know, and we attract and repel what we deserve. So rather than looking for titles person, you know, or even other individuals accomplishment or achievements, Look for what really moves you and people who really move you and experiences that look like the ones you want to have, you know, maybe uh, ahead and so on, you know, and, and so forth. And what I like to call like, you know, aggregate, curate, and eliminate, like you can take from everything out there, aggregate it, but where it really gets, gets cool is like when you curate it down to what works best for you and who works best for you and then eliminate the other stuff that just opens up. A world of not only possibility, but, but high probability for success, which to me is like being happier, being healthier, 
having more fun, maybe a little bit more strong, you know, stronger, like finding the things again, fill your tank rather than empty it. And, you know, I mentioned Mark for a reason because A, he's coming on the pod, but I know that you were also on his pod, if I'm not mistaken. And that genuine connection that's developed uh, and friendship that's developed over years. And here's the other thing, like the home field advantage is gone, you know, like where you geography and where the boundaries are gone because we can do stuff like this. And man, so many of the guys that I respect and that I've come to know and come to love, they're all, they're everywhere now. They're all over the country. And this is what's also amazing. Like I know a guy like Mark, I can count on him to inspire me every day. Like I know where he is and what he's doing. I, I can see it. You know? And that helps me be a better, better man. You know, watching him become a father, going down to Miami, knowing that if I walk into anatomy, he's like that level of preparation, consistency, accountability, discipline, guys that are like out there, like really, really living and leading by example. You know, there's a closeness that transcends geography. And I think, again, there's that opportunity to go seek out what inspires you. Seek out who and what helps you. And, and that's how that's happened over, over years of just, this term gets thrown around a lot too, but I think you know, living like-minded lifestyles, when you find people that you align with, again, morally, ethically, spiritually, physically, financially, whatever it might be, lean into that. Then here's the other thing, go back to work. I can't hang with Mark or anybody else like all day, every day. We all have competing priorities and stuff going on in our lives. Yeah, exchange value, go back to work. <laughs> get it done, get back together. What did you do? What about it? Like that helps keep, you know, keep the bar, you know, moving. I want to shift gears for a second. Let's talk about your podcast. When it comes to what the podcast has done for you personally, in the form of how to ask a good question, how to lead an interview in a fluid manner, and the value that you extract and the role that it plays in your life. Could you speak to that, please? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, it's been invaluable, really. And if you go back, listen to the first bunch of episodes, I don't know, 20, 30, 50, maybe, you know, and so in there, they're not that great. I mean, to me, you know, it's hard. They're cringeworthy to listen to. Now, feedback, you know, has been, has been good on, even a lot of the stuff that I don't particularly think is, is great, but it is, it's a learning process. It's, you've got to be okay or get okay with just trying and going, you know, and something, some questions are going to be good ones and some are not, and some are going to land with a thud and others are going to get amazing answers that you didn't even see coming. Um, what I've learned from it is, you know, one, one, Go after great guests. And that's, you know, you're going to be told no a lot. I mean, guys that have come on episode 150 beyond 200 and so on are also a lot of guys that said no to, you know, years ago. You got to be in the game. You know, it's key. Stay on top of the people that you genuinely want. Stay in the game. Keep putting out good work. Prove again that you're reliable. You're going to be there tomorrow. Number Do your job. And then a lot of those no's will start turning into into yeses. Lean on the low-hanging fruit first. 
Look at the early guests in the show. People in my immediate network, people that couldn't say no to me in there too, or for some reason chose, chose not to. Don't make it about you. You know, for me, if you hear my voice in my podcast more than 10, 20% of the time, I don't think I'm doing a great job. Here's an opportunity. Thank you to, for letting me talk, but I want to hear about them. You know, the questions that I am looking to get answered. And again, in that regard, it can and should be about you. Don't try to just create what you think other people want to hear. What do you really want to know? Like in my case, it's like, these are the questions I really have. The reason you're here is because something about you, the guest on the show, is interesting to me and a challenge, maybe a problem or something that I you know, want to know about from you who clearly knows more. And, and then I'll just end on, I don't script it. Like in terms of, I have questions that I want to ask and topics that I want to explore and things that are geared towards narrowing the funnel on maximizing middle age and, and those. But listen, your next question, you know, and where you go with this comes from listening, not going in the exact order of which questions you have done. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss listening. And I, I found that's where the best conversations go when they really are conversations because you are listening to what they're saying and, and allowing those guys to go down whatever path they want to. That, that, that's cool to me, you know, because like we got stuff that happens day in and day out. Who knows when you're catching these guys too. Pardon the interruption for this episode. We have a quick word from our sponsors and then we're right back to the show. The Inspired Speaker Formula just dropped, a formula to help you break free from speaking anxiety and stage fright. I designed this course based on overcoming my own fears of getting on stage. Caught in my own head, I was only thinking about my feelings rather than the message that I had to offer. It's about showing up for everyone else in the room and delivering in a way that brings value to your audience. That's what this course is about, how to pick your theme, theory, and thesis and normalize your fears around public speaking so you can do it in a way that captures and keeps your audience's attention. As someone who struggled with learning disabilities growing up, this course is the solution that I needed and now I'm offering it to you. You can catch the course on Udemy or inside theinspired.com where you can also earn a special gift from me to you. Just use the access code INSPIRED. That's right. Head over to insidetheinspired.com to go check it out. All right, let's get back to the show. I think what I appreciate most about your podcast is the consistency over time. The caliber of a guest is another thing. Having that much exposure to the executive status, to the entrepreneurial spirit, to the, you know, athletic skill set compounded by just the overall mindset that each person brings to the table. Like there's a bit of that in you, at least that's in my own experience, right? Like you're kind of taking a piece of these people and like you have a chance to get a lens into their thinking and extract what's most valuable and implement it into your life. Now with where you're at in your career and your business, having accumulated all of this experience, how has all of 
the feedback, the value that you've extracted. How is all that playing a role in your performance coaching business now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a continuation for me of being able to grow and expand and to learn and pay it forward. All of these guys are, are extraordinary guys that are coming, you know, that are, that are entering my life for that capacity. The interviews are making me uh, a better man in every one of these categories. And then I get that opportunity to take what I've learned and continue to learn and share it with the men who give me the privilege to, to work with them on a one-to-one -one basis. There's nothing that I'm really doing, quite frankly, in even one-to-one -one coaching that also isn't available to anybody and everybody out there listening. You can read the book. You can listen to the podcast. You can get the newsletter every week. You can follow me on Instagram. It's a little bit of a difference in terms of being more shallow and wide and, eh, versus narrow and deep. You know, with the guys I'm working with one-on-one -on -one who are making a significant investment in themselves um, and in me, it is just really that opportunity to go narrower and deeper into, okay, Really, let's go through this. Family, fitness, finance, food, fashion, fun. Let's really start thinking about what each one of these things look like. How does it fit? We're going, what does your home look like? What does your family life look like? What does your closet and wardrobe look like? You know, what are your fitness goals? What are your financial goals? And all of these things, again, are that holistic metric of success. You know, it's not about turning every one of these Fs into A's and being a straight A student across the board. It's about what that cumulative GPA really is. And that's really a lot of what we do in the coaching. It's how do we develop this midlife action plan? I want to call it, you know, how do we have a personal operating system, a thesis, a way for a way that we do things? Cause it's all connected in there, but it's the same stuff I'm talking about and sharing on the podcast, in the newsletter with what's going on in my life, whether I'm sitting in a cold plunge, whether I've got an electrician downstairs because our house nearly burned to the ground because the outlet blew up. I mean, all, this is life. This is what happens. We jumped on and it's like, hey, I've got an hour because i got to take five 20-year-old go-karting this afternoon and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, but all of these things are in the bucket, the good, bad, and the ugly. So try to put it out there as as unguardedly as I possibly can. And, you know, then with, again, the guys that I work with on a coaching side, it's that. It's that good hard look in the mirror every single week. It's not even so much about galactic transformations or reinventions as it is about what little tweaks and positive action steps can we test and retest to try to move the needle um, because we don't want 40 to look like 35, we don't want 45 to look like 40, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, what's the race we're running? You know, and how do we figure out what that cadence, that rhythm, that pace really is? And that's what, to me, that's just also just a lot of fun to, to explore. Because I will tell you, when you start exploring stuff and when you start getting there and you start doing it and you start feeling differently, and life does start getting better and you see that categorically and you see it incrementally, like, man, like that's like really, really cool and empowering and, and energizing. And again, that's not the way the first half of my life felt. 
So I am the Kool-Aid drinker, the guy who never thought he would say this kind of stuff or ask for help or even be giving help, quite frankly, or do it. Just, it's possible. You can turn the corner on it and you can become that kind of believer. It's not easy, but you can change your friends. You can change your groups. You can change your career. You can tweet. All of these things can be changed and you can live the life you want by the way you design it. Whether you're the CEO of your company, you know, or you're solely just the CEO of your own life. So that that's just what I've come to. When it comes to the mindset and the cadence, as you put it, in maintaining this equilibrium, balance, whatever word matches the energy that you bring to it, do you find that there's a catalyst in this holistic approach that yields success in the way that you're framing it? Mm. That's a great question. You mentioned the word energy in this, and, and I appreciate that you can acknowledge and then set some of those other things on the shelf. Again, in recovery, we can talk nutrition, we can talk fitness, we can go down that uh, because I genuinely enjoyed it. I do think you hit on something with energy. And, and in terms of, of mindset, really going from that kind of expectatory mindset, you know, or just doing things for the sake of doing them or the way they're supposed to be, you know, kind of done, which tends to kind of require a certain type of energy versus how do I really, really want to do things? How do I really want to operate? How do I really want to approach life? That mindset shift creates a tremendous amount of energy, which also allows you then to go into these other areas like you talked about, nutrition. Wait a minute. My energy feels better when I eat better. Not perfectly, you know, figure it out, but 80-20. My energy feels better when I exercise, you know, this way. Not exactly this training regimen or anybody else's, but the way that I've worked it out myself over time to choose the times that I like to train, but the modalities can be different based upon what it really about giving yourself what you need in there and leaning into those things. And then they add up, you know, the aesthetics, leanness are, are a bonus, you know, of, of healthy living. Well, a lot of us are also, myself included, swapping one addiction for another, in a way. Swapping bad habits and behaviors for healthier and better ones. And you can over-index in, in those areas as well. And I talk about that a lot. So mindset-wise, to me, it's all about, and, and, and a lot of things that I talk about with my clients is there's a lot of white space in the middle from being really unhealthy and doing a lot of stuff that you like to being you know, ridiculously jacked and sacrificing, you know, having a hamburger and all these and winning everything. There's a lot of white space in the middle. And that's, that's where we should spend some time because the middle is messy, but the middle is also the sweet spot. And when you can figure that out, what health looks like for you, you know, what financial success looks like for you. That's where the energy gets really, really great. And that's where I mean, that mindset that you, that you enter and you're able to stay in, that's, you know, that's really special. I think those are the difference makers. Those are the guys you look to go, oh, okay, there's, there's something about that guy 
that that's interesting, you know, that that's attractive. I want to be around that. I, I can learn stuff, you know, there, there's a level of security or confidence or whatever you want to call it that. Okay. I, I see. And I think the cool thing is that we all get to figure that out for ourselves. 200 plus guys that have come on my podcast do 200 plus different things. You know, there are a few that do, you know, similar, but there are similarities in their characteristics, in their character, in the ways that they operate, regardless of what their vocation is. Some may train in the morning, some may train in the evening. None of them don't train at all. You know, like they're certain some of them might count macros and calories, some might not. Some might be keto or paleo or intermittent fast. Nobody's doing nothing. No. You know, there are there are consistent attributes of guys that are successful. And one of those attributes is also being able to admit and share where things have gone wrong, you know, where the failures have occurred, what we're doing to try to course correct in those areas and, and continue to evolve and get better. But it really is like, it comes back to like, comes back to that middle, you know, being, being that sweet spot, it's elusive. Uh, in trying to find find it for ourselves, but that's that's what we keep playing around with, you know, in there. And I'll just end on this. Like I think that one thing as as you had mentioned, you go down the list of whether it's things that I do or things that I do, like you can't do it all in a day. Like we're talking on a Monday right now. So of course everyone's got their fill of Monday motivation. I don't know when this will air, you know, their fill of Monday motivation and all these other things. But I would just also caution against we we overestimate what we can do in a day. We underestimate what we can do in a year. You cannot be perfect every day. I do not wake up, nor would I what I recommend waking up before the sunrise. You know, taking a sauna, taking a cold plunge, walking my dog, sleeping with my wife, journaling, meditating, training, working. I mean, it's exhausting. Just rattling this stuff off. It's exhausting. So again, that's back to creating systems. You know, I do three things per day, three personal, three professional. After years, it's taken me a while to go, that's pretty much what I can handle in there. So you can take it all and think about, again, how you are going to extrapolate that out over a period of time that makes sense for you. And again, what consistency looks like for you, you know, what that discipline looks like for you. Otherwise, you know, You'll burn out. As you said, we're, we're, we're trying to run a, a long and successful race. There's a couple of things that you touched on first. I want to address the three and three. That's a framework I actually follow as well. I got from Jim Quick and it has been invaluable for me over the last few years. So I'm glad to hear that by happenstance, you have a similar approach. In terms of personal development, there's a question that's been resonating with me recently that I've posed to a couple people, and I'm very curious your take on it in particular. What do you think the future of the personal development space looks like or entails as we go through this? I don't want to call it a trend because I really do believe people are trying to improve the quality of their life, but I think the scale by which, oh, pardon me, <laughs> that's the one of the pros and cons. But I think the scale by which 
that all this is going down with access to social media and just all the different platforms, it gives us unfettered access to people. So what do you think the future of the space looks like with individuals like yourself, you know, setting the tone for a very worrisome stage for some people in life? How do you think it, how do you think it looks? I think we're going to see a lot more. I think the reason there's so much self-help, you know, being offered out there, you know, and so much influence and so on is because there's so many people that need it. And I, and I wrote about this this morning a little bit too. Um, there are a lot of opportunists out there. In any, there are a lot of people offering services and products, everything under the sun based around hope and self-improvement or, or development or betterment or transformation or all these things. And, and what I would offer, and I think we're going to see a lot more of it, but what I would offer is, again, that more is not necessarily better. Uh, better is better. And just like anything and everything out there, choose wisely. There's a big difference between an expense and an investment. An expense, you're spending money and you're getting nothing in return. An investment, you are carefully deciding where you're placing your money and expecting a return or time or whatever, whatever it may be. I would spend time on the front end. You know, before you spend or before you even invest, do your homework because there is a lot. Be very careful and conscious about what you choose to consume. Again, what you put on your body, what you put in your body, what you allow into your space, your head, your anything. It really doesn't matter how many are out there. The industry is growing. We're seeing this in, in personal development. We're seeing this in retreats. We're seeing this in number of coaches. We're seeing this in the anti-aging space and sustainability and longevity and a lot of people getting into all of these games. And every day there's another new product that you could take. This protein's better than that protein. You should try this thing instead of that. It's again, it's overwhelming. What I would offer is to take a step. Really think about again, what it is that you're looking for in your life, in your world, what success looks like for you, where maybe some of your gaps are and how you intend to fill them and who may be the right person or people to help you get there and invest in. There are great doctors and shitty doctors. There are tremendous coaches and therapists and there are awful ones. There are some that are great and may not be great for you. They're great for somebody else. You know, there are nutritionists, trainers in every category, wealth managers of every category. You could run down the list. I would offer that's again, as more and more and more keeps coming out there and you're exposed to more and more what is your thought process? What is your thesis for making decisions on who you want to surround yourself with and who you want to work with? And if you happen to make a poor choice, and I have made those too, there is nothing to stop you from starting over and trying. Therapy might be right for you. You may just have the wrong therapist. Having a trainer is in, might be right for you. You can choose a million different ways to exercise. Group exercise classes, you could do it alone. You could download an app. You can get a trainer. Maybe you just don't have the right trainer or haven't found the right group exercise class yet. The categories aren't particularly right or right. What do you do? 
within each one of these areas, it ultimately ends up working out for you. Keto may be right for somebody. It may not be right for you. You know, where can you lean in? I know I'm going, going off a little bit here, but it's like, hey, what is it? Maybe you start with science. <laughs> okay, like before you start any diet or anything, maybe you want to get some blood work done. Maybe you want to have an annual physical. You know, I look at what are the steps to take to help make better choices the majority of the time. And if you make the better choice the majority of the time, I promise you the majority of your life will get better. You make shitty choices the majority of the time, your life will invariably get shittier. A lot of research on that. That's the depth of my reason. <laughs> but it really is that simple. And we tend to overcomplicate it. You know, I find it really hard to believe that somebody can give me parenting advice that's never been a parent. <laughs> Probably not the person I'm going to hire for, for parenting advice. You know, my couples therapist should be married. I would think so. And hopefully successfully, you know, in there. My wealth guy should have a lot more money than me. You know, I think you've got to look and, and really, if you simplify it and break it down, okay. If I'm not surrounding myself with people that are ahead of where I am, I am likely in the wrong room or doing business with the wrong people or surround. And what you get to do there is then you really do get to pay it forward to those who are not necessarily exactly where you are right now. You get to give them. I love the idea of categorizing investment versus expense. I think that this is probably the answer with respect to all the other people that I've asked the question to that I've been, that I'm the most aligned with at this stage because it's a very competitive space. And as you outlined, it's going to continue to get more competitive. But your inputs are extremely key. And where you choose to place your attention, especially in this creator economy, like I think also we have to realize as consumers and producers that we kind of have the leverage. Everyone's looking yeah. for us where to spend their money. So I really love the way that you put that together. What do you got to be careful with? There's another, there's, there's, again, there's an allocation. Look, there are the shiny objects and there are the sexy things we may want to be involved in. And sometimes we can, but then there's also the responsible. And that goes for whether we stay in our jobs, quit our jobs, to follow our passion, like all of these things, like, man, we got to get real with all this. Stuff. You know, got a lot of the guys that come with me, they're unhappy there with that. But you know what? Here's the thing. You got to be, you are actually stuck here for a little while. Quitting your job and following your passion tomorrow is galactically irresponsible. We're not going to do that. And now we're going to discuss the why. We're going to discuss how, more importantly, for you to transition at the right time. Because you've accumulated all of these other obligations and responsibilities, like fatherhood and a wife and an overhead and, and all these other things. We got to do it. And it's the same with investments or expenses too. Yeah, it would be awesome to be involved in that really cool new company, um, in this and be on a cap table with this guy or that guy or whatever, or spend over. But you know what? It's extremely risky. Do I do or do I not really have that disposable income at this time? Or want to be like, what is the end game here? What are we trying to do? Are we trying to be liked or are we trying to make money? Are we trying to be liked and make money? Are we afraid to say no? You know, but yes comes easily, you know? Or like, what are we saying yes to? What are we saying no to? How are we going about making these decisions? 
How are they responsible and fit into our life plan? Can't be everything to everyone. And that that's challenging when you see what looks like everybody doing it all and having it all you know, and being everywhere and everything. That gets daunting and that gets overwhelming. And and as the yeah, as the Teddy Roosevelt quote, I think he says, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, it would be cool to be involved in this or that, but you know what also is cool? Cool that you're getting 5% on a CD right now. You know, like, you know, residual income is cool. Passive income is cool. Certain, handling your responsibilities is really cool. Having life insurance when you have a family versus, you know, driving a Range Rover. Like, where are we making our choices? If you can have both and do it all, terrific. But if you cannot, if you can't right now, what I'm interested in is, hey, how are you making the better choices? That's, I think, where the real fulfillment comes in. That's where the real substance is. And you can add the style, but not the other way around. It can't be style before substance. It's got to be substance. And then we bring in the style. You touched on something there when it comes to choices. And so I mentioned that we'd be coming back to the fitness and nutrition. And then the time we have left... I'd like to pose the question to you. I have a feeling you're going to tell me that nutrition is where it's at. I already, I already can see that. I'm curious, one, about your training schedule now, how it's outlined, recovery, if you could touch on it briefly, and then nutrition. You share all your meals. You're very candid with that. What type of nutrition plan are you following, if at all? Yeah. So, so first and foremost, what I would start with, it really also depends on where you are in, in your journey and where you are in life. You know, I'm 50 heading into 51. I have been out, been at this a while. So that's been a lot of testing and retesting. It's gone on over years. And as I say, even a broken clock is right twice a day. You know, so there's a lot of, for me right now, I am at the place where I am not dialed in, really. I don't track much of, of anything really at, at this point. So I think where you are in your journey is really important. And again, I've fallen into that over-indexing trap of over-training and over-caring and overthinking and doing that, and then having to bring it, bring it back around. Uh, what I do subscribe to is I do subscribe to going on how you feel mm -hmm. and what you see in the mirror. And I would also preface that with those are things that you can control and that you can see yourself. But you've got to also start with the basics and the simplicity and the blocking and tackling and the responsible things. Look, you need to get your annual physical, guys. You need to know what's going on with your body. You need to know what it responds well to and what it doesn't respond well to. So if you are not getting your annual physicals, you do not have a good primary care physician, you are not getting your blood work done, how do you know even where to start? If you have children, it is important to you. Again, make sure you have your life insurance, your disability, all of the things, because this is what clears your mind. This is what makes you mentally strong too. This is that mindset. Am I making the right choices? Am I setting a solid foundation from which to build on? And then you'll really have an idea how much protein I need or you know, where do I start with my physicality. What do I like to do? But what we want to know also is we want to know that you're not going to have a heart attack, you know, out there. 
We're not going to go from zero to 100 and blow the engine. We're also not going to go from 100 to zero, you know, fry and fry the brakes. So my perspective and the way that I look at it right now is really about feel. It is about gen general physical preparedness and health. It is about looking your best, which is confidence mentally and, and physically, and showing up you know, as the best husband, father, provider, man that you can possibly be. The aesthetics, as I will say, are a bonus of healthy living. You will, you will look better. You do these things and you live this way, you will look better. And the perfect is the enemy of good. There is no perfect workout program that you can sustain. There is no perfect eating that you can sustain. There is no perfect recovery. But you do have to make a plan and, and figure out, again, what consistency looks like for you. Using myself as an example, since, since you asked, like, look, it's right on the wall sitting right in front of me. You know What do I do every week? I don't train on Mondays. There's an, as we said, there's an entire motivational Monday, win Monday, do all this for my life, all these guys that are out there crushing Monday. The way that I crush Monday is training. After all this time, what I have learned is that I like to ease into my week. I sleep a little later on Mondays. I do a little differently. But here's the thing. Tuesdays, I go hard. I have a trainer. I love my trainer. I'm a certified trainer in like nine different disciplines because I love it. But do I hire a trainer? And I work out at their place. Yes, because I love the community and I love being told what to do. Like, great. I can I make enough decisions. Here, you train me. Tell me what to do and I'll go do it. I love boxing. I love yoga. I love swimming. There's a lot of activities that I enjoy. I would offer set a time for yourself of day and determine what modality or what you do based on what you feel like. Just lean into what's fun and what you enjoy or try different things. It's not exactly what you're doing. It's that you're doing. So I have this routine over time of things that I lean into and things that I enjoy. And then as far as recovery goes, make it accessible. If you can have access to it, great. Otherwise, if you have to go to a place where to schedule that too. But it can't be seven days a week. It can't be perfect. For me, I have a win. It's It's... Three to five days a week, man. You might see it more like on Instagram or wherever, but what does it look like? It looks like three to five times a week. I try to make it into my sauna and my cold plunge. If it's five, that's a really good week. If it's three, I'm going to try to pick it up a little bit next week, but you go on feel. And, and I think to that respect, with all of this, everything we're talking about, you know, show yourself some grace, gratitude, and latitude. Like we're way too hard on ourselves. Just, just start. And then, and then do it again. And then if you miss a day, start over the next day, you know, and over time, the body of work will really be something special. The cumulative effect will really take place. But don't overemphasize or worry too much about where to start or when to start. Just get going. If today's the first day that you take a walk, great. Then maybe tomorrow, put it, you know, take another one. And then maybe by the third day, you'll schedule it on your calendar. Or if you're on the, the drive through line for the fourth day in a row, maybe get off the drive through line and go find a healthier place to eat for that. Day. You know, just start stacking up one better choice at a time. I have one last question for you, sir. And it's one that I post to all my guests and sticking with tradition. If the future you from 10 years from now is to fly in and offer you some advice, 
What do you think he would say to you, assuming he's at that ideal spot in order to get there? Hey, you mentioned Kleinman, uh, Rich, at the beginning of this. Yeah. And that being a good episode of the podcast that you enjoyed it. And thank you for that. I'll steal something from him because I think he put it up the other day and I, and I wrote it down and just keep building. I really do. I think it is as simple as that. And thank you, Rich, for putting that out there. Because again, at the end of the day, we tend to come. Every time I've just kept building, things have had a tendency to work better. Write that next thing. Do that next interview. Ask that question you aren't sure whether or not you should you should ask. You know, do just keep building. It doesn't always have to be new or sexy or exciting either. You know, the fundamentals work. You know, get to that next level of your job. Get to that next level of your fitness. Get to that next level of of finance. Or here's the other thing about building: just get comfortable and happy with where you are if that's where you set out to be like that's enough too sometimes hey i made a plan i executed my plan i got exactly what i wanted now can i learn to live with it and enjoy it before immediately thinking about what else i need to tackle on you know to this to this stuff too that's also what building looks like. getting just better at the stuff you do and the stuff you don't do Those are both choices. Greg, I very much appreciate your time here today. Thank you so much. Please let the audience know where they can find you. Yeah, Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. This this was a blast. Um, And I love what what you're doing and and all you're about. So thank you for your your service, what you're doing. Um, Guys like you who tune in and listen and, and pay even a inkling of attention to what I do. It means the world to me. So thank you for that. Uh, I am not hard to find. You can go to midlifemail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Greg Scheinman. And there is no in between. So if you want to send me a message or an email, Greg at midlifemail.com. It is me who will actually get them. You know, and I try to respond to everybody out there. But you can follow, you can book, you can get the newsletter, you can podcast. Uh, there's a free PDF downloadable guide that I have on the website as well. Um, so yeah, I'll just keep doing my best to, to keep putting stuff out there. Amazing. Keep up the good work, sir. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.